Pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. It is time to talk canine behaviour. If you have an issue with your dog's behaviour, now is your chance to get a question in. Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs is on the line with me. Morning to you, Darren. Good morning, Mel. How are you this morning? I am very well. How have you gone for the past week? Um, it's been good. It's been well. Yesterday was pretty rainy, so I didn't get a lot done yesterday. But um, most of the week, I've been I've been very busy with the dogs, helping doing some training. I've been trying to teach them the weaves and all those kind of things with agility. So it's been quite nice to have the time to spend on my dogs, if that makes sense. Yeah, not everybody else's dogs, which is uh, which is your nine to five yeah. job. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> if you have a question for Darren, uh, now is your chance to get it in. 0800 844 is the number. A few texts already flowing in, Darren. So you wanted well, to talk a little bit first about tricks and why it's important yeah. to train your dog for tricks because I thought you weren't meant to do that. Yeah, so so I guess we've got a um, distinction really between what a trick is. So so pretty much anything you do with your dog is going to be a trick, isn't it, for a dog, right? So but there are conventional training. So we think about the, the necessity training that dogs need. They need to be able to sit. They need to be able to do a down. In fact, they don't need to be able to do any of those, but we like them too, don't we? They've got to walk properly on the lead. They've got to come back to us. So they're all the standard ones that we really need. But, but you know what? There, there's a whole load of stuff out there that we can do with our dogs, like a whole new world that we can get our dogs really involved in and their brains work working um and the classic things are like waving at people they can like, move their head all those sort of things that we see the assistance dogs doing um they're all tricks all those things where they they put the washing machine on all those kind of things yeah and, and just just training your dog to do those kind of things just opens up the world for your dog how Changes can you so train your dog to put the washing machine on <laughs> well you can teach them to actually touch the buttons and you can teach them to touch the buttons in specific orders so they can turn things on. Um, you can actually teach them. It's easier to teach them to take things out of the washing machine than it is to put them in, I have to admit. But um, you can do all those kind of things. And, and really the sky's the limit when it comes to trick training, if you want to call it trick training. And, of course, that all leads into maybe doing competition heel work and competition sort of... Da- have you seen the dancing dogs? No. Where they, they go in, oh, it's amazing. There's a woman called uh, Mary Ray over in the UK who is um, absolutely fantastic at this. If you uh, have a look at her on the internet. And um, I've got one of her colleagues, actually, um, Little Magic. A great name for the uh, show. Um, and, and she does all the dancing dogs and, and agility and all sorts of things. But um, they, they put music on and the dogs do all the tricks to music. And it's always like a um, like a theatre production. It's fantastic. Check it out on the internet. It's brilliant. Dancing dogs. Oh, yeah, absolutely I know. well. It, it is. So she's what... done, she did a... She did one with about four dogs doing all the different things. They're jumping up and down and they're going between her legs and up onto her shoulders. It's fantastic. <laughs> so what else does trick training do for you and your, your dog? Yeah, so, so again... It... Really, there's, there's a couple of different ways. Before we go into to that, there's a couple of different ways of how you trick train. And, and I'm, I'm all about making sh- making the dog think about things, okay? And this is really important. If you want to get your dog to be able to assess situations um, when you're out normally and say, do you know what? I'm not going to bark at that dog. I'm actually going to maybe do something else. Then the way that we train our tricks is really important. There's a thing called free shaping. Um, and as it sounds, free shaping, um, I've got the definition here. It's a bit, bit much, but it says the use of reinforcement and successive approximation of a of a um, of a desired behaviour. What that means is, if I want my dog to maybe let's talk about the washing machine, so go and touch the the buttons on the washing machine. 
what I'm going to do is to shape that behavior. I'm not going to tell them what to do. I'm not going to force them or, or put a treat next to the button or anything like that. I'm going to let them work it out, which sounds crazy, doesn't it? You let your dog work out these complex things. But if my dog looks at the washing machine, I'm going to, I'm going to mark that behavior and I'm going to give them a treat for that. And then if they get close to it, I'm going to mark the behavior. And I'm slowly increasing those approximations so the dog gets closer to the behavior I want. It might take a long time, but then I get the dog choosing the behaviors that I want. And then they end up doing all sorts of things it's absolutely amazing to watch it's actually quite clever how quickly dogs get these things as well i'm not sure if we're using the greatest um sort of option of of uses for a dog to put a washing machine on because it sounds like for that that would be you know extraordinary how do they separate the wools from the you know the darks from the colors etc but <laughs> oh that, that's the next level up <laughs> um trick, trick training trick training is what we're talking about waving or yeah, if you were just to look at, um, say, say if I tilt my head to the left, then my dog does the same thing. If we look at that, every time I move my head, if my dog looks at me, I'm going to click that. If they start to, to move their head, I'm going to click it or I'm going to mark it. I'm going to say, good dog, yes, depending if you've done marker training or clicker training. And you slowly build that sort of approximations to the behaviours you want. And then once you get that and the dogs are copying you effectively, then you give it a name and then you ask for it with a name without actually doing the action yourself. If you have a so question... Shaping is... Yep. You keep going. That's right. So shaping is really about you you doing the behaviours sometimes as well and then the dog copying you. That's a great way to train a dog. <laughs> if you have a question for Darren Rowe, it could be about trick training, it could be about your animal, your dog, then give us a call right now. 0800 844 747 is the number. There have been, there are a couple of questions in already, which I'll get. Uh, let's, well, let's address them now, shall we? Gail says, yeah, I have a problem of aggression from my nine-year-old Jack Russell towards some other dogs when we're out on a walk. At home, he's very docile and hardly ever barks when his aggression happens he wants to really attack the other dog right <clears throat> so as soon as you've got aggression you've got to think about safety because the last thing you want is your dog to bite another dog and then you're in a whole new world of um council complaints and stuff like that so so if i've got a dog that's very um uh sort of random about the dog that he's going to pick then i would definitely look at doing some muzzle training now people sort of shy away from muzzle training because it makes the dog look like hannibal lecter sort of thing but actually what it does is it frees the dog from the, the need to attack somebody or to attack another dog and then that dog can actually have a life and run around so so don't, don't leave it to chance. Do some muzzle training. Get the dog out with a muzzle and you'll find that things will start to get better. But definitely if you've got aggression, you want to get a canine behaviourist in to look at the dog, look at which dogs that they're targeting and then go back and see why and how we can change that. And it's not something that you want to do yourself. You want to get someone that knows what they're doing to help you. Another question, definitely. and it seems like quite an open-ended question. How do you train an American bulldog? How do you train an American bulldog? Very easily. They are such clever dogs. Um, the, the key thing, you could extend that to any dog, really. How do you train any dog? You've got to find what motivates them. You know, If treats motivate them, then use treats. If toys motivate them, then use toys. Um, I was doing some weave training with my Irish setter, Billy, and, and most people that do agility would be sat there going, how can you train an Irish setter to do weave? We can, okay? But he's not really motivated by toys, but he's very strongly motivated by food. So what I did was I got his dinner bowl just before dinner. I took his bowl out there. Man, he was doing it so quickly for his dinner. <laughs> so that was his motivation. Then he got a bit of his dinner, and then he had his big dinner bowl at the end once he finished it completely. So just finding the motivation that your dog will work for, um, and you, you, you'll be the only one that knows that. <laughs> well, food is pretty much all of our motivation during this lockdown period, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> big bar of chocolate at the end. I'd jump through hoops. 
My dogs were salivating at your last guest, actually, when you're talking about all the meat. Oh, oh, oh I know. <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? Uh, 0800-844-747 is a number if you have a question about your animal's behaviour, your dog's behaviour. For canine behaviourist, mindfulness for dogs, Darren Rowe. Or you can text it in if you like, 3920 as well. You've got about 15 minutes or so to get your questions in. And I suggest you get them in now. Give us a call now because what happens, we get a bit of a, a sort of all piles up at the end and we don't get to all of your we'll questions. Oh, so let's go back to trick training. So what are the yeah. other reasons why you might be doing it with your dog? Yeah, right. So um, it develops that sort of mental acuity um, with your dog when you're doing that free shaping idea, okay? And, and dogs are quite creative. And when you give them the opportunity to, to just express themselves, what they'll do is they'll try all sorts of things. So, for example, if you just sort of sit there in front of your dog and you show them a treat and then you put the treat away so that they know they're working for something, um, that's technically um, not the best way to do it, but there you go. Um, just so the dog understands that there's, there's, a, there's a prize there for them, then they'll just start to do a sit. Now, if they've never done any free shaping, that's, that's all they might do, just sit there and stare at you. And I've had dogs that sit there for 10 minutes. But then they get bored and think, well, I'm not getting a treat for that. So maybe I'll do something that. So they do a down. If it's a, like a collie, they'll always do a down. That's what they do. Um, but if you don't give them a treat for that, then they go, well, maybe I'll do something else. And they might bark at you, or they might stand up and do a backward walk, or they might do a paw, or they might do a wave. And what you're doing is you're shaping the behaviours. If they do something that you like or it's close to like that approximation to what you want them to do, then you can mark it, praise it. And then they start to build on that and do a little bit more. Because they're not making mistakes... They're actually um, living in that positive world, aren't they? And they're building that resilience. So then when they do make a mistake, they go, ah, whatever, I'll just keep doing something else. So it's really good to, to help their brain and, and their acuity and their focus for one, right? Also, because you're not telling them off all the time for doing bad things and you're just learning with them and experiencing the whole training, there's no, there's no right or wrong way at the end of the day when you're doing this, yeah? You're, you're just helping them to explore the world. You're building that amazing bond. Um, no more are you telling them off and stop doing that. You're just saying, well, okay, show me what you can do. Fantastic way to train a dog, really. Is. And you're building an awesome bond with your dog because your dog's respecting you because you're not telling them off. You're respecting them because they're actually working really hard for you. And, and you're giving them lots of treats and you're, you know, lots of praise. And what else? Um, <clears throat> if you do it in the right way and you allow them to make the choices for themselves, and when I say that, we, what I, I never put a treat on their nose and like lure them back into sit or lure them into circles. I allow the dog to actually offer that behaviour for me, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, because if I start to lure things, I'm not giving them the choice, am I? They're actually just focusing on the treat. If they choose to do that, then they're more likely to start choosing the right behaviours when we're maybe outside and they're barking, screaming at next door's cat. If that makes sense, the way yeah. of setting the brain up. I guess it's a little bit like teaching kids um, times tables by rote or by sort of different steps, say seven sevens and five threes and that kind of thing, rather than just going once, once, two, you know, blah, 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 once, one, it's fine, I can't even do my own math. definitely going down the line sort of thing, yeah? different way of training um, and that, that frees your dog because let's face it we control our dog pretty much all the time that we tell them when we can eat when they can go and walk when they can lie down when you start to give the dog the control of their behaviors you'll be amazed how quickly they'll give you the behaviors that you want interesting really really powerful 0800 844 is enough to call if you have a question for darren Rowe, a dog canine behaviorist and we have samantha on the line samantha morning to you you're on with darren morning, morning how are you Barbara. I'm good, I'm good. Um, oh, good. Yeah, my issue is I have three dogs, um, two bigger oh. ones in a um, cavoodle, and the, yep. my three-year-old sort of lab cross um, has full-on attacked the cavoodle um, twice Ooh. now. Yeah, How not just uh, He's 11, and he's really okay. um, quite laid, uh, sort of laid back. 
sort of dog, and, and normally she is as mm-hmm. well, but it's not just been a, a warning attack, it's been a full-on attack. It's been a full-on one. Is that, is that yeah. since we've been in lockdown? Uh, no, it hasn't, actually. Okay. It's um, Well, there was one yesterday, and then the other one was probably about three weeks ago. It's just really out so, of character so, for her. Yeah. So, so what we, we always think of dogs as, you know, this is just the way my dog is. But remember, dogs are, are living, breathing animals, and their behaviour is quite dynamic, so it changes over time. So what was okay yep. a couple of months ago may, may have changed completely now. Um, dogs normally attack each other, especially when it's into sort of um, into family dogs, normally over a resource. So there might have been a toy or a bone that suddenly they become really attached to. Um, so that would be the first thing I would check. What, what's, in, what's in the environment? Is there something that one of your dogs is guarding um, and the other dog is approaching? Now, an older dog... She might be. She said she's 11, 11 10, 11. Uh, the, she may the not one see that got as, detected, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he may not really see everything as much as he used to. So he might just be yeah. walking into things, and that might be the case, especially with three-year-olds. Three-year-old lab cross it could be, you know, it's that kind of age, isn't it, with those with that sort of dog, where they do get a little bit possessive. Um, yeah. One thing to watch. It might be about you. And an older yeah, well, dog, obviously, you know, whereas before the older dog may have challenged back, now they're not going to, so they're a bit yeah. an easy target. I, yeah. I would be going down the lines of protecting the little cavoodle, making sure there's no toys on the floor that potentially could be a, a guarding resource. Or um, I don't know if you leave food down for them, but I certainly stop that because that might be one no. of the big drivers. Yeah, well, yesterday it was just my daughter coming through the gate and they ran to the gate and uh, the okay. lab bumped, in, bumped into the cavoodle and he yelped and, um, and that, that's when she just attacked him. Um, oh right, so that might yeah. so that sounds like a bit more like predator prey drive stuff. Um, yeah. I'd be using, I'd be managing that. I wouldn't be allowing them to run at the gate. That, that's what's happened yeah. is your your Labrador's got so excited, and then yeah. you've heard that yelp, and that's that kind of predator prey sort of sequence, isn't it? Clicking in. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I would be, I'd be kind of maybe having your older dogs and time, some space away from the younger yeah. dogs, definitely, because yeah. you know what's going to happen otherwise. Okay. Yeah, but get get yourself get yourself some help when we get out of lockdown. Get someone in to look yeah. at it properly. Okay. Definitely. But I would use, right. I would manage things more than I would train at the moment. Yeah, okay. All right. Cool. Thank you very much. Good luck. Yeah, Thanks. good luck. We've been there. We've been there. There is light at the end of the tunnel, I promise. Thanks for your call, Samantha. Yeah, and good luck. 0800 is the number here on the Sunday Cafe. If you want to get in touch with Darren and have a question about your dog, it's 20 past nine. <coughs> a text in, Darren. Uh, I have a energetic fox terrier and a nine-month-old who is fixated with the dog now and started following Basil around. He has growled at her twice. We're <laughs> using treats to reinforce positive behaviour around my daughter, but what else can I do? The house is too small to separate them and he's an inside dog. He's never really hurt and he's never hurt another dog or human and he's got a lovely nature. Any tips? Yeah, well, we've got a very similar thing going on at the moment. I don't know if you remember, um, if you remember, we brought a new rescue dog in called Stella. Mm-hmm. And um, she is, she's latched on to Pixie. And Pixie's a bit of a rescue case herself, so she's not too keen on other dogs being in her face. So we've got this um, dog following Pixie all the time. She can't literally move. She's shadowing her, basically, all the time. And, and Pixie's getting a bit grumpy with it and growling. <clears throat> and what we've done is we've taken her for a walk, and every time the dog comes in, we give him a treat, and then we give Pixie a treat. And what we need to start to do is to start to get the dogs to associate something positive when they see the other dog. So yeah, but this time... is talking about a daughter. This is a nine-month-old girl. Oh, daughter. Uh, like, yeah, a baby. Okay, sorry, I misunderstood that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, either way, I think it, it still works, doesn't it? Take it for a walk and give them treats. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, so, yeah, so it's, it's the, the nine-month-old obviously works. crawling after the um, fox terrier, and that's the problem. <laughs> 
Um, so, so, how, so it's a very young daughter. So a nine-month-old daughter okay. uh, who was fixated yeah, well, with well, the dog all, and following the, following yeah, the dog well, around gra- and the dog's grabbed yeah. at her. Yeah, so first of all, um, sorry, misunderstood that completely, um, not, shouldn't happen. Simple as that. Um, we need to be protecting our kids and we need to be protecting our dogs. So we need a dog to be put somewhere safe whilst the kid's crawling because the kid doesn't know any better. So she's going to jump on the, the dog. She's going to, you know, do silly things with the dog and the dog's going to get annoyed. You're setting your dog up for failure. Like, dogs don't naturally mix with human babies. It's not something they're used to. So put the dog in a pen, put the dog in a crate when the kid's there. Right, right, because I said the house is very small and it's very difficult to separate them. Yeah, manage manage the situation. Okay. Then when when the dog gets older, or when the kid gets older, she's going to understand what the dog's all about and it's going to be fine. But I guarantee if you let the dog run around while the kid's crawling, she will get them. That's a tricky one, isn't it? Particularly when the house is small. Um, So so basically put put the foxy back into a crate. Yeah, get a crate. I mean, they're not there forever, are they? And there's always time when the baby's gone to bed or sleeping. And then the dog can come out. Just manage it. Don't leave it to chance, guys, with, with babies. Yeah, it's a tricky manage situation. It. Manage the situation every time. A good point. Yeah. 0800 844 747 is the number to call if you have a question about your dog. For Darren Rowe, now is your time to get the answers. You've got eight more minutes. We're talking about trick training as well. Um, so we talked about it's enhancing the canine human bond. Uh, yeah. What else can it do? It's always a good do? thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, it it's is. It's always a good thing. Um, also, if your dog starts to um, starts to make choices themselves, what happens is they, they actually start to learn strategies that can help them when they get stressed. So um, we've seen it quite a lot with our dogs, that when we do all the trick training, we do all the training with our dogs, that when they're outside and uh, a difficult situation presents them, presents to them, rather than lose it, lose their, you know, get so excited and just lose it, they, they start to look at us and they start to do things like hard hand targeting and um, they'll kind of like um, come in between our legs or spin around our legs and that sort of thing. And they'll start to do other behaviours rather than the behaviours you'd expect, like the barking and the growling. just gives them an option. They don't have options otherwise, do they? Um, so, And they know they're going to get positive rewards for those behaviours. So rather than get told off for barking and screaming, they're going to come back. Um, again, going back to little Stella, our rescue dog, she's not very good with um, with people at the moment. She's great with us. She's not very good with other people. So we're teaching all these tricks so that we can give her alternative behaviours to do when she gets stressed out. Really strongly recommend it. <laughs> Sounds like a, you wouldn't think about it, would you? No, well, you really wouldn't think about it. 0800 844 747 is the number to call if you have a question for Darren. Relax and unwind, but stay informed. It's the Sunday Cafe on Magic Talk. 0800 844 747 is the number if you have a question for Darren about your animal, your dog. Uh, I do have a couple of questions on the text here, Darren. Um, I have a 20-month-old German Shepherd who is an absolutely beautiful dog, very loving, very affectionate. However, I cannot get her to come with a treat or without. I just don't know what to do. Can you give me some advice, please? Um, I would I would invest a bit of time in playing with toys with the dog because when, when you've got um, treats, quite often when your dog's outside, especially this set, because that, that's the kind of age where you, you lose all these behaviours anyway. But if you've, got a tri- if you've got a toy and the toy is much more animated and quite motivational, especially if it's a chasey toy with a German Shepherd and a grab bitey toy, yeah, then if you invest in a toy at home and start playing, I think we did a whole, um, we, did a pod- uh, we did a session on that. So if you go back into the archives, you can find it on my website. Um, and, and that then will key into that predator-prey drive, which is what they're exercising when they're outside and you're not part of it. So you, it brings you into that predator-prey sequence that they have with that toy and that will get them back. So grab yourself a really soft toy, 
start playing with that inside. At the end of the beginning of the day, it's like you know you're putting a million percent in and they're putting in two percent. But keep going, just keep going. Like then when they buy, praise, 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 play, play, play. Playing tuggy is a great thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a really good thing, and it's the only way you're going to get well, one of the best ways to get a, a great recall with your dog. Another question is our rough collie doesn't enjoy going for walks on a leash and will go and hide if she sees me getting ready to go. Uh, she's never had a bad experience. She does bark at random things a lot. What can I do? <laughs> so uh, nice to see a rough collie. You don't see many rough collies nowadays, which is nice. Um, collies are quite nervous dogs. You say that she hasn't had a bad experience, but I would I would argue that potentially if she... If she's running away when um, you put, go get the lead, that lead has a really negative association with her. So I would say that most of her walks are quite anxious. She's quite anxious on her walks. So she's just barking randomly. And so really it's about, again, building a positive association with the lead. I would just be taking the lead out, throwing it on the floor and giving a treat, taking the lead out, throwing it on the floor, clicking it on, giving her a treat, just walking around the house, just rebuild that association with the lead and the harness and then start to do exactly the same when you go outside because it does sound like she's probably quite anxious when she's outside and that's sort of filtering back in on the lead. Mm. You get that with cars as well when dogs don't want to go in cars because they get quite scared in the car. So again, you've got plenty of time to do that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, all the time in the world. I was just looking at what a yeah. rough collie is. It's like a lassie dog. Yeah, it is, yeah. I'd say I've, I've probably trained, since I've been in New Zealand, about 12 years, probably maybe two or three, if that. Yeah, you don't see many of them Very around cute. at all. Don't know if there's many breeders in New Zealand. Actually, probably probably wrong, probably hundreds, but um, don't see many. So let's get back to trick training so we can uh, finish this off before we head up to the news. Yeah. So what else do we need to know about trick training? So so there's a couple of things. There's a, for me, there's a couple of awesome little tricks that you can teach your dog. And, and like I say, we've got a bit of time now. It doesn't have to take forever. But hand targeting is a really, really good one with their nose. So basically, you put your hand down and they touch your your hand with your nose and then you give them a treat in their hand that they've touched. Um, that's really good for moving a dog around. If you've got a dog that doesn't come back even, that's a really good um, training to teach them to recall. Do that in the house. That might be a good one for, GS, uh, for the German Shepherd. Um, also, if you've got a very small dog and, and you go to grab their collar and they can't, you can't get it, then hand targeting is good because you can move them around with them just touching your hand. It's also really, and um, you can extend that. That's how you teach them to, to turn the washing machine on again. Yeah. Um, the go to bed. I love this one. Teaching them to go to bed and stay on their bed. That's so good. It's such a cool trick, especially when someone's coming in the house and you go to the door, um, going back to the crawler that had all the, with the um, cavoodle, rather than them running to the gate and jumping on the owners, they just go on their bed. And that's a really cool trick. Calms everything down again. And so how um, would you teach them to do that? So, yeah, so there's lots of things on the internet about that, but when you do it free shaping, you kind of put a blanket down, first of all, and teach them just to walk, well, just let them walk on the blanket. As soon as they walk on the blanket, you give them a treat, say, good dog. Then what they realise is that when they put their feet on the blanket, they get a treat, so they're going to keep putting their feet on the blanket. Then what you do, and it's the first approximation, then you raise the bar a little bit and say, well, actually, I want you to fit on the blanket now. So they don't get a treat for walking past, but they get a treat when they stop and sit on it. And then you slowly build that up and build it up, and then you want them lying down, and then you throw the treat away, and then they come back and sit on it because they know that they get a treat when they come back mm -hmm. then you start to name it so there's a whole load of things that you can do but just just shaping it um slowly to get them to feel that the blanket's actually a really positive thing to be on well that's a that's a good <laughs> thing to be thinking about maybe this week think about it. so we're yeah, yeah. we've run out of time uh because time always flies well, when i'm chatting always. with you so many questions about uh people's dogs behavior and i see lots more people are getting puppies this lockdown as well so like, how oh, did you manage that yeah. it seems to be a pretty quick we've only been in it for a couple of weeks uh but i, I know. guess well remember we remember we've got an online puppy survival um course that you can uh, purchase if you can't go to preschools and things um which really sets you up quite nicely with uh um knowing what to do especially in lockdown and that's a good idea start those 
those, those good behaviours early. Mindfulnessfordogs.com is where you go for that. So, Darren, you are going to be, you're in one of the regions that's going into level three later on this week. Yes. What does that not mean a lot for you? For me, unfortunately, no, not much. Not a lot, really, because yeah, because I do the one-to-ones and we have group classes. I can't really do anything. What I have done is I've set up a few online things now and um, a couple of online courses for my clients. But really, nothing changes. It, it would be nice if we actually knew how long we were going to be in level three, mm-hmm. or at least. You know, someone told us um, just a couple of days. Yeah, that's not going to happen, though. You know that. Uh, it'll no, be until it is. And, I mean, I guess we've got I'm to sh- make sure we do the right thing. I'm assuming it's at least two weeks, given Auckland's in level four for two weeks. So. Good times. Good times. Hey, Darren, yeah. thank you so much. An absolute <laughs> pleasure chatting with you. As always, mindfulnessfordogs.com is a website, Mindfulness for Dogs on Facebook. Go and check out Darren's work. And if you need some help with your animal, he is your guy. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.